are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. And coming up on today's show, it is another Monday, and that means we're going to talk about three things we learned this weekend with the Giants. And honestly, I was thinking about it, and every week it's more like 14 things we learned this weekend, because there's always so much that happens in the three days between the time we talk. And so, kind of to summarize, the three things, the three main things are that In my opinion, the Giants took care of what they needed to take care of in this series, and that was winning at least one game. So I'm going to go over why, I'm going to repeat why I thought that just winning one game was enough in this series, and we'll talk about how they got it done, how they won that finale. But then another thing we learned is all about injuries. Tommy LaStella was lost in this game yesterday had what looked like a significant leg injury, like a muscle pull, probably not you know a broken bone or anything like that, also jammed his thumb. So the Giants are probably going to be without Listella. We'll talk about the ramifications of that. And then also a lot of roster moves, and there's going to be roster moves too with guys you know like Listella getting injured. So that's that's kind of the third thing, but there were moves beyond Listella. But I do just want to summarize what happened over the weekend with these games and why, despite the Giants losing two out of three, I think they did what they needed to do and they come out of this series feeling pretty good, actually, despite, again, losing two out of three. So I just want to repeat why I think, you know, losing a series is acceptable in this case. And that is because, I mean, first of all, the Giants have now played the Padres six times. All six games have been on the road at Petco Park. The Giants are now 3-3 three and three in those six games, and I have repeatedly made the case now that I think that is a win. Going 3-3 three and three all on the road against a team that figures to be, in my opinion, probably the second best team in the National League, and you go away 3-3 three and three in those first six road games, that is a win. So the Giants winning two out of three the first time I just have made the case repeatedly that you cannot rationally expect the Giants to go into San Diego and win two out of three. Can it happen? Of course it can happen. It's baseball. The Giants could have swept. The the Padres could have swept. But if we're like pragmatically looking at the schedule, this is not a series where you go, okay, you're supposed to win two out of three on the road against the Padres. That doesn't make any sense. So, of course, you try to win more, and it can still be disappointing if you lose a game, you know, depending on how the game goes. But 
the fact that they came away with a win and it was a win in the final game of the series on Sunday, so they got a happy flight going to Colorado, to me, all was right in the world after that win, except for like we're going to talk about next, the La Stella injury. So these were even close games. I mean, the first game on Friday, the Padres won 3-2. to two. It was a tight, competitive game. It was you, Darvish, against Logan Webb. I mean, come on. We cannot look at that pitching matchup, look at the Padres' offense, and say, oh yeah, this is one the Giants should win. Imagine if you're the Padres and you're at home, you've got you, Darvish, on the mound against Logan Webb, who's you know, relatively unknown in the league, and he's not you, Darvish. That is a game you circle in red pen and just say, this is a game we're supposed to win. And they did, but the Giants made it close. And on Saturday, it was also a close game until the Padres got three runs in the bottom of the eighth, but it was three to two Padres going into the eighth inning. So the Giants hung tough in this series, and then they win on Sunday, 7-1. to one. So the Padres winning by one the first game, winning by four the second game. So that's plus five run differential for the Padres there. But then the Giants plus six on Sunday. So the Giants actually end up outscoring the Padres in this series. And I get it. What's that worth? It doesn't really matter. But ultimately, I'm just impressed by that. The Giants, again, though, come out of this series 17-11, and 11, still tied for the best record in the National League, and they hung on to first place all weekend long. They've been in first place for a few days now. And the last thing I want to say about that, or you know, winning one game being enough, is that the Padres have the best earned run average in all of baseball. Their team ERA is 2.91. So it's also not really fair to go, oh, the Giants' offense looked bad in this series or you know because they did struggle a little bit in the first couple of games only scored two runs in each of those first two games but that's basically par for the course for the san diego padres they are allowing less than three runs per game on average this season so you're going up against you darvish blake snell joe musgrove and then a really good bullpen to me it's just unrealistic to say okay yeah we should win two out of three at least so now they go to Colorado, and that, you know, even though it's a road series, I am going to say the Giants are, you know, they ought to win that series. And so if they lose two out of three against the Rockies, I will call that disappointing. But then, like I said earlier last week, if they do win two out of three at least, they're going to have at least a 500 road trip. And to me, that's the recipe for success. Play 500 on the road and do well at home. And so far, that's exactly what the Giants have done and that's why they have the best record in the National League, or at least tied for it. So coming up next, we're going to talk about the injury status. Tommy LaStella getting hurt, injury updates on some other players, and more. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. 
don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as promised, I want to talk about Tommy LaStella. To me, this is a really significant injury, especially because they're already missing Donovan Solano. So Tommy LaStella, he really was starting to struggle. And in the first couple games of this San Diego series, well, I don't think he started the second game, actually. But in the first game of this San Diego series, he had some feeble at-bats and also played shaky defense at second base. So he was no doubt playing poorly, but then finally on Sunday, I just thought the quality of his at-bats was better, and he blooped a a double down the left field line or a single, I forget if he got to second base. But anyway, he blooped a hit that hit the foul line. He also smoked a ball that Jake Cronenworth made a nice play on in the first, could have been a hit. He's hit into some bad luck. And then later in the game, he lines a gapper to the opposite field, for a triple that scored Kevin Gosman. So it was just things were feeling good finally for Tommy LaStella kind of breaking out at the plate in this game on Sunday. But earlier in the game, he had jammed his thumb on a diving play at second base, really seemed to be in some pain, but stayed in the game. And I think then the triple that he hit was after the fact. So it was good to see that he was able to overcome this injured thumb. But then... After the triple, there was, you know, the infield was in and there was a ground ball and he was just coming home on the ground ball, ended up having to be a diving play by Tatis up the middle. So they had no play at home, but Lestella didn't know that. So he was running hard the whole way. Tatis threw to first, Lestella scored, but as he's running down the line there, something grabs on him and he clearly, actually we know now it's his left hamstring. So, you know, hamstring injuries are, they linger, and it looked pretty bad, relatively speaking. He he basically completely pulled up limping, and so I would expect him to miss at least two weeks, and probably more like two to four, two to three to four weeks. So that stinks, especially, like I said, because he was getting it going at the plate. They're heading to Colorado. That would have been a great place for Tommy LaStella coming off a good game on Sunday to just carry that offensive momentum into this series at Coors Field. But alas, he's probably going to go on the injured list. So there's going to be all kinds of kind of ripple effects from this injury, especially because Donovan Solano is already on the IL with a calf injury. So, you know, normally if Solano was healthy, this would just mean a lot more of him. But... To me, the the corresponding roster move is probably going to be Jason Vossler. We said all along that Jason Vossler's kind of role would be, he's like Tommy LaStella insurance. And so LaStella goes down. We've already seen Jason Vossler get a major league opportunity this year. And I think he may be, you know, starting a lot of games against right-handed pitchers with LaStella going down. So that is going to test their depth. Like they've they're kind of running into their 
last defenses. They 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 have depth to cover this, but it's really being tested without Solano and without Lastella. Already as it is, they they're running thin without Mike Yastrzemski also, and so it's causing all these ripple effects throughout the lineup where they're not getting as good of matchups on a consistent basis like they do when they're fully healthy. And this is not something where we can say, oh, they didn't build their roster right to be able to deal with this. They actually built their roster about as well as any team in terms of having reinforcements when guys go down. Like, Yastrzemski is hurt, but it's not like we're just seeing some Joe Schmo from the minor leagues who really shouldn't be even playing. Like, they've been able to cover it with veterans who have a shot and have some track record of success to be able to cover these injuries. Like we're seeing more of Darren Ruff, more of Austin Slater, but the point is they're not getting the platoon advantage as often as they do when everybody's healthy. So that's, that's actually not exactly what I would expect to happen here. It's more like, okay, you'll get the platoon advantage, but it's going to be Vossler in a starting role, probably in my opinion, against right-handed pitching playing second base. I do believe he plays second. After I'm saying all this, I know he, his primary position is third. He's played some short in his career, and he plays some first. I think they'll they'll put him at second base, unless they just want Wilmer Flores to start every day against righties and lefties. But that's basically the line of defense at second base right now is Wilmer Flores. As I glance over the roster, I mean, Mauricio Dubon is another guy, but again, he's right-handed, so you... You're not going to get a platoon advantage at second base or third base because Longoria is starting there every day. So I think that uh, Jason Vossler will be a corresponding move with Lestella likely going on the injured list. There have been some other moves too. Um, Like I said, with Yastrzemski going down, it's causing less platoon advantages for Slater and Ruff, who are playing more and facing righties more than the Giants were comfortable with. So they did make a corresponding move, which will be the third thing we learned this weekend, talking about some other moves. They called up Steven Duggar. So Duggar has been starting in center field against righties. And it's good that they have Mike Talkman because without him, like you would have Duggar in there and you would have like Slater or Ruff in there against right-handed pitchers so they are their depth is certainly being tested right now Mike Talkman, as much as I liked the addition I like it even more with their depth running a little thin right now because he's just been a shot in the arm and he hit a big three-run homer on Sunday to support that win and to support Kevin Gosman who by the way was really good again and the Giants starting pitching was good all series against the Padres I wanted to talk more about that Logan Webb competed with you Darvish and went toe-to-toe with him. Anthony DiScofani gave up a three-run homer in the first inning, but that was it, and he ended up going six, and and the three runs in the first were the only runs he allowed all game. And then Kevin Gosman with just another good start, holding the Padres to only one run, a solo home run by Tatis Jr. So just got to throw that in there. Like I said, 14 things we learned this week and not, not necessarily only three. So coming up next, I, w- I do want to talk about some of the moves that the Giants made. Not only Duggar, but also a new reliever in the bullpen. 
But first I want to tell you about the delicious tasting Built Bar. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and nut-free flavors. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. It is amazing that the Built Bar really tastes like a candy bar, but what astonished me as someone who doesn't like to eat a lot of sugar is just how low in sugar these Built Bars are, especially considering the taste. So they're great for a health-conscious person. Just looking through some of the nutrition facts, they're all high in protein. We're talking 17, 18, 19 grams of protein. And low in sugar, we're talking 4 or 5 grams of sugar. And they're low in calories as well. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, as promised, we're going to talk about the third thing we learned this weekend. We'll probably sneak in like four different things and call it the third thing. But seriously, they made some moves, and these moves were made on Friday, I believe, before Friday's game, yeah. They called up Steven Duggar and Zach Littell. So a lot of fans have been clamoring for, you know, a new right-handed relief pitcher or multiple new right-handed relief pitchers as Matt Whistler and Gregory Santos and even Camilo Duvall at times have struggled. So they did make a move. They called up Zach Littell, and in order to get Duggar and Littell onto the roster, Jason Vossler was optioned. So remember, he was on the roster, but this was the corresponding move that had him sent down. And then Sky Bolt, who made a brief cameo on this roster, was designated for assignment. And that's what I'm saying. In order to get Littell onto the roster, they had to make a 40-man move, which which is DFAing somebody in this case. So in order to get these righties who are not on the 40-man roster, righty relievers who are at the alternate site, like Littell, like Dominic Leone, and there are some others, it requires a 40-man move. It requires designating for assignment some player. So Sky Bolt was the casualty there to get Littell onto the roster. And I, I didn't see Sky Bolt as a guy who was likely to stick. I think he was kind of just there until Mike Talkman showed up. He was just... They called him up for like the two-day period when Talkman was on his way over. So anyway, Littell is an interesting guy. He's added a split-fingered pitch that they think is going to help him be effective against left-handed hitters against whom he has struggled in the past. And he, he pairs that with a mid-90s fastball. So there's no doubt that the Giants' bullpen has taken some lumps this season and they are, they've, they've not been nearly as strong as the starting pitchers. So I I completely understand and support them trying out some different relievers at this point. They did ship out Gregory Santos last week, but Camilo Duvall is still here. Camilo Duvall gave up those runs on Saturday. We talked about how it was a one-run game until the bottom of the eighth when the Padres scored three times. That was against Duvall, and he gave up a leadoff homer on the first pitch he threw in that eighth inning. So you're starting to wonder, you know, is Camilo Duvall someone who should be on this roster and getting important innings? It's a fair question. But then on Sunday, he comes out and closes out the 7-1 to win by the Giants in the ninth. And in that inning, he got two strikeouts and a pop-up. So 
you know, I continue to be impressed with Camilo Duvall just because he gave up some runs. Everybody gives up some runs, you know. So I don't think we can evaluate a reliever based on one outing. But, I mean, he's got upper 90s, an upper 90s fastball and a good slider, kind of similar to how Santos has an upper 90s fastball and a good slider. But Duvall with the funky arm action, if he can just throw the ball in the strike zone, he's generally going to have success. And we saw that in the bottom of the ninth yesterday as he closed out the game. So anyway, I just had to provide updates about those roster moves. I do expect that Tommy LaStella today will be put on the IL and they'll make another corresponding move. I also want to mention, sneak in a couple other things that we learned this weekend, kind of rapid fire. But Buster Posey had a big game on Friday against Yu Darvish. He had two hits, including a solo home run to the opposite field. So Posey is a big story. I do not want to let this kind of go under the radar here. He is playing like the best version of himself. His stance is different. You can clearly see his pre-pitch setup is way different. He's simplified it a lot. Before, he was way he was crouched lower, and his hands, there was a lot of movement before the pitch came in. But now he's more upright, and his hands are steady and lower and in front of his body as opposed to rocking up and down. I mean, the bat is more upright also. So it's just a simplification. Like, if you look at the actual swing, it's similar, but the load and the preparation to get to the to get to the load is a lot more simple and the results have been astounding i mean posey is hitting like one of the best hitters in the league right now and he's playing he's doing it out of the catcher position which is a posi- position in the league that you don't normally get a lot of offense from so that's why he's always been so valuable when he's hit is that no other catchers are really hitting I mean, there are some right now who are hitting, but Posey hitting is just a huge development. The Giants got very little production out of that position last year, so I just don't want to let that go unnoticed. And now he heads to Coors Field, where he's he's had a lot of success in his career, as a lot of a lot of hitters do. But I would just look out for Posey in this series. If he can just keep it going, he might go off and just have a crazy series. And a lot of the Giants hitters, I think, like I said, when you're facing Padres pitching, it's easy to look bad at times. And they looked, you know, they they scored just two runs in each of their first two games there. But then they broke out a little bit on Sunday. Carry that momentum into Coors Field is just, to me, I'm looking forward to seeing how they hit in this series. And also... The pitching, the starting pitching now, it's biggest test. Even though it's a you know a depleted Rockies team, it's still difficult to pitch in Coors Field. So tonight it'll be Aaron Sanchez against Herman Marquez. Giants just faced him like a few days ago. He can be really good, so it could be a challenge, but it is Coors Field, so something's got to give. It's a righty, so normally we would see La Stella. Don't be surprised if Jason Vossler gets called up and is in the lineup tonight. On Tuesday, Alex Wood takes the mound, TBD for the Rockies, and then John Gray against Logan Webb on Wednesday. So we'll have podcasts all week long, breaking down each and every one of these games. We'll have a hot take tomorrow on Hot Take Tuesday. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much, so thank you in advance, and thank you to everyone who's done so. 
Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. So until then, we'll see you next time.